Hello, coaches of the world. Um, it's Joel. I'm back, and this is the Coaches Rising podcast. And we're speaking today with Katie Hendricks. And you know,、um, I bandy this word pioneer around a lot. And you know, probably we speak to a lot of pioneers because we try to speak to the most awesome people we know. But Katie is a real pioneer in the field, and I think she's been,、um, you know, she's been working in this field of transformation and relationships and、um, and coaching for over four decades. So、um, we're in great hands. And today we're going to be talking about a lot of things. You know, one thing is Katie's really generous. You know, so she shares a lot of different tools and、um, gateways into transformational presence. That's the that's the That's the kind of topic we're talking about. So,、um, she's going to talk about this thing called the loop of awareness. How we can move our attention back and forward between our clients in a way that opens up our body intelligence, opens up a sense of aliveness and collaboration and 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 authentic emergence. So all of this begins to infuse the coaching.、Um, and and the cool thing she says is like you know. Sometimes coaches come out of of a day of coaching and they feel they feel like they've you know used energy, and that's a flag you know that something's not quite right. And the, these things she's talking about, you know, this this loop of awareness and these other things. If you do this, you can end a day of coaching feeling more energized, more alive than when you went in. So she's going to talk about that and、um, a ton of other great stuff in this. In this session, she is also on the faculty of our upcoming, soon to be uh, starting um, coach training program called Coaching from Source: How to Be a Transformational Presence. It's all online. I'm going to be back at the end of this to tell you all about it. So enjoy. I, I want to talk to you about something today, which has、um, been on my radar. How can I say it? it's really taken a hold of me over the last twelve months? And I think,、um, in some way, it's been a part of me for a long time. But it seems to be crystallizing, and、um, it's it's you know what I've been calling、um, coaching from source or being a transformational presence, which I think you know a lot of. The coaches who are listening in will will、uh, resonate with in some way. You know that that we want to have a positive positive impact on our clients, and I think the piece, especially that I'd love to explore with you today, is is you know that there's a space beyond our kind of coaching persona, even or our training and tools. You know, I mean, training and tools are great, but that、um, that there's this space we can move into. Beyond that, a space of presence and and, and intimacy and and kind of、um, maybe even surrender and、um, dancing with the unknown, and I think that's where a lot of magic can happen.、Mm-hmm. Um, so, so、um, maybe my first question is just simply, what comes up for you as I say that? Well,、um, for one thing, in our newest book,、um, Conscious Loving Ever After, we have a whole chapter on presencing. And we've turned presencing into a verb, because one of the aspects of like when someone says, you know, have you gotten present? There's a sense of well, I've, you know, I've arrived, I've gotten present, and then there's a kind of staticness of that. Well, you know, well, then what? And I think it also tends to if I'm if I'm talking about getting present or being present. That there's an element of、uh, of not really being with what then wants to rise, and if if there's anything I know about presencing, it's that it allows you to be with change while being with yourself. And、uh, the way I think of presencing is that it's I'm fully participating. And I think often in the coaching situation, we have a dichotomy that if I'm the coach, that I'm giving all of my attention out to the client or to the group. And what I've been playing with, and what I am going to be continuing to explore, is something I call loop of awareness,、mm. which allows you to, as the coach, to continue presencing yourself. 
That is being here fully and participating. Mm -hmm. And being here fully for you and being there fully for the client, which seems like it would be impossible. Mm -hmm. But it actually works very easily and very quickly because you learn how to shift your attention and how to fill your reservoir with your own attention while you're giving attention to your client. Mm -hmm. So you don't drain yourself and then feel exhausted at the end of the day and then have to do something to recoup and then start the whole thing all over again. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I've been doing this for, oh, 45 years now, and I have more energy, more vitality, more interest, you know, more magic than I did when I was in my 20s. So... Mm -hmm. The, this, this tool that I call loop of awareness is, can be used lifelong. It keeps growing. Uh, you keep finding more ways that you can include what's going on in your awareness. But it's not like it's a meditative where you're just sitting, you know, or transcending. You're really actively using yourself so that you don't have to keep any of your parts in a compartment. And I think that's a lot of where the magic comes because I'm not trying to manage what's going on. I'm really following what's wanting to happen with my awareness and then with my participation. So that's sort of, you know, the, the start of what comes to me when I think about presencing. But the main thing that I think is really valuable is that the, the coach gets to continue expanding and creating and developing your own awareness, your own experience. And then your coaching comes from an overflow of your own aliveness, not a depleting of your own aliveness. Mm -hmm. I, I, I love this. I mean, I get the sense of this, like a, a movement, a dance, you know, and this, this flow of, of life and aliveness. And I mean, just to respond to a couple of things you said, I, I know that place inside of me as well where um, I do feel I have felt depleted. I also experienced that less and less, and, um, but where I have felt depleted after coaching, you know, and it's felt like work. And even though I know, you know, even though I know that um, it's always a warning sign when it feels like work, um, still, you know, it, it comes <laughs> up and it's, um, you know, so, so I know that place and, um, yeah, that touches me. Um, and, I, and it just feels so abundant, this, this kind of, this place that you're talking about. That's such a great word. It is really a source of abundance. That's, um, the, the depletion that occurs, I think, comes because we need to have a structure. So when we're when we're interacting, you know, even if it's in a friendship, there's some kind of a structure there that we operate from. And that's what I call the context. So if we're friends, we know we have a you know, kind of, hi, how are you? And then if there's business to get to, we get to the business. And then we have nice to talk to you. So even for phone conversations, we have a structure. So for coaching, Part of the structure that we've learned, I think, doesn't really work very well for people's aliveness. So that would be, you know, it's all about the client. Um, I shouldn't ever say anything about myself. Um, um, you know, don't really share something that's authentic that's going on for you because it's all about the client. And mm -hmm. that overloading, I think, is part of the, the big reason that, that people get burned out. And when you truly are giving yourself attention, you're noticing your breathing, you're noticing body sensations, you're noticing, a, um, I get my best images from doing this loop of awareness. I'll have an image that comes into my mind that, you know, just seems completely out of the blue. And then I share that and it's absolutely spot on for the, for the client. So it's where the magic comes from is in, uh, the the structure then becomes you and I are collaborating. Mm. And I'm giving you my attention and I'm requesting your attention. And then the mix of that attention is where the magic comes in. Mm. Which, 
when you say it like that, it makes total sense, you know. It's like, <laughs> why wouldn't that work better than, than this, you know, this other way where you feel more depleted and um, maybe you're, you're, you're kind of excluding yourself in some way? And I, Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's part of the should in kind of traditional, certainly in traditional therapy, which is part of my background, but in traditional coaching, um, you wouldn't include yourself. And um, I think that you can be an open space. So my, I'm, I'm always, when I'm working with people, I'm, I'm not giving, like, I'm giving you attention and then I'm coming back over to me and just basically touching in. It's including me and then I'm including you. And then there's something that happens in this we space that I actually think is the, is the frontier right now, this co-creative space where we both get to benefit, I get to have, oh, um, the, the joy of resonating, the joy of connecting, the, the power of being together as humans mm. deepens my ability to feel my humanness and to feel what it is that I'm most passionate about. And so I leave the session actually feeling more vital than I did when I started. That kind of energy economy, I think, is I want all coaches in the world to know about that because you go through all of this work and study, um, you know, to really learn how to be of service, and then you exclude yourself. You know, like, I'm going to be of service to everybody else but not me. Mm-hmm. And uh, so the, the, the techniques that, that I've developed and used over many decades now really allow discovery to happen very quickly because they're rooted in body they're rooted in body signals what we call flags they're they're rooted in what's happening now so we don't spend a lot of time going into the history and the who did what and you know whose fault it is but because if it's present in your body it's still present for you Mm. if it's historical it won't come up in your body but if it's present, it's going to come up in ways that you can learn to see, to feel, to listen to. And then that gives you your signals about what to say next or what to suggest or what to bring the client's attention to rather than your head. You know, we come from such an incredibly head-centric uh, culture. I was just teaching a workshop this last weekend on the practice of presence. So it's very familiar to me right now. and. Most people really got that there, when I said, you know, where is your consciousness located right now? And people really, you know, kind of felt into it. Most of them realized that it was about from here. Some of them, it went down to below their hearts, but most of them, it was up here. Mm. And that's what we think when we're paying attention. Like imagine as a coach, if you had to just be vigilant all the time and you're trying to notice everything and you're trying to listen to everything, but you got your head out in front of your body and you're not breathing you know, you're not moving by the end of the session, you're going to just be exhausted. Mm. Plus, you won't be as smart. Mm. Well, there's so much comes up for me. I think um, in a way, like, let me see if I can include all what I want to say. Um, I think that move out of our heads, you know, like it, I, I don't want to make it out that like our thinking mind or our heads or whatever we want to call it is a bad thing, but it's just we've relied no. on that. And, well, and, it's just gotten, it's gotten a lot more um, airtime than the body. And it's gotten right. a lot more, you know, rewards and, and uh, attaboys. Whereas the body is like, ew, bad, right. you know, control the body. It has feelings and sexuality and all that, ew. So yeah. the head, you know, the head is presentable. And the head, uh, you know, we, we face people. We look at our emotions on our faces. But the more you include the body the more fun you're going to have and the more, mm, I, I think the more of service that you're going to be to your clients. Well, exactly. Cause I think, um, you know, that we, we access a greater um, part of who we are, a greater intelligence. And, and when you say the body, it's not just like our emotions and feelings, but there's something about this kind of knowingness or felt experience that, mm-hmm. that is so powerful. Um, and, 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 and just to, to build, um, that w- when you talk about this kind of present momentness too, you know, I know these moments in my coaching where 
where it's like the moment that we're not, we've not got an outcome in mind or I'm not looking at them through a model, you know, it's like my training can be there, but there's just this like unfoldingness, you know, it's going back and forward and it's got a very different feel to it. Like, yes, it really is like a dance as you were saying earlier. And it's a very specific kind of a dance in that I'm taking my rhythm from the client mm. and I may that my rhythm, for example, might be more bouncy than the client. So I'm not ignoring my bounciness, but I may let my bounciness be more internal rather than, you know, <laughs> right out there. Uh, so if I'm, if I'm letting them lead, so if we were in a dance, I'm letting them lead. Mm. So it doesn't mean I'm a wet noodle, you know, mm. or I'm having them drag me around. I'm definitely participating, but I'm letting them lead. Mm. And as I do that, while really honoring, you know, all of my embodied experience, different things pop up, uh, different things to say, different um, things that I notice in them. And then I give my attention to, oh, I, I can see that a feeling is just starting to arise. And so I just give my attention to that. And then let myself breathe and give attention to that. And what that does is I think it just is renewing for your whole body and it's renewing for your whole consciousness, mm. you know, regardless of what you do with the client. But then I think what people have found, what our students have found is that people do go, wow, wow. This was, you know, like I, I could, I could see something that she was doing with her hand and I brought that to her attention and she remembered how she always used to try to hide her fingernails from her mother because her mother was so critical. And then we were able to get into the whole critical filter and begin to release that. So the signals from the bodies are these little clues that mm. something is ready to be explored. And that's really big fun. Mm. Mm. Well, so how do you, um, if we kind of zoom in on, so imagine you're sort of, you're, I mean, you are talking about this, but you're sat opposite somebody, uh, uh, like, and, and you're kind of presencing in the way that you've been speaking about. Um, maybe you could even share an example, if one comes to mind, um, of where this happened recently. But, but like, yeah, how does that show up for you? I mean, I, I know you are talking about this, but, but um, that, let's kind of, maybe we can paint a picture for people at home. Like another sure. example. Well, the way that we, um, this has all come from what we've noticed over many decades. And mm. in, our in our book, At the Speed of Life, we have a chapter that's called The Five Flags. Mm. And the flags are literally, yoo-hoo, <laughs> you know, something's going on over here. Uh -huh. And they're in the realm of um, breathing. So one of the things, for example, um, you know, given, given that I've learned how to shift my attention, I might notice that I've stopped breathing. So I'll know, and then I'll give my attention over there and I'll notice, oh, they stopped breathing. Right. So I can say, <clears throat> I just stopped breathing and I noticed that you did. What just happened there? What just happened when you stopped breathing? And then <clears throat> that just gives us an open, it's an open-ended invitation. So might have been they just had a memory. Yeah. A scary memory or... Um, some the feeling was starting to come up and they're, they don't want to feel it. And so they stop breathing. Uh, so it could be, you know, really across the waterfront. Then there's movement flags. So people will often, for example, touch the area where the issue is. Mm. So we'll be talking and the client will say, I don't know. I just, I don't know what's going on with, you know, with my dad right now. And I'll say, well, notice right under your hand. Just bring your attention to right under your hand. What are, you, what are you feeling right there? What's the experience you're having right there? And then that would be, again, another opening. And then there are verbal flags. So verbal flags are not the content. They're the, uh, <clears throat> and the, the tonality and the repetition. So someone might say, I was, I was, I'm really angry about that. I'm just really angry about that. And so I would give attention to the really, and I might have them say really even bigger mm -hmm. and have their whole body say really and see what opens up out of the really. Mm -hmm. And then there's, um, then there's postural flags where 
people have like mm. you know people have held a posture for so long that it's really changed the structure of their body mm. and so those are things that you can explore and play with but most often it's going to be a movement a breathing or a verbal uh, flag that arises and when you people get entranced by the content so i, I just let, let me say that the they think that's where the change happens is if we can just figure out who said what or even how to make a different kind of affirmation that that's where the work happens but our evidence of thousands and thousands of people that we've worked with and and science it's coming up now with more research really shows us that when you make a shift in your body, mm. the quickest way to change your mind is to change your body. And so we're really looking for the windows, the portals um, that really allow you, what was just popping into my mind is new operating system, mm. that you're literally creating a, a, a physical, emotional, energetic operating system that can handle more energy because mm. all of the structures are to keep us safe they're to keep us in our what's familiar so when you go outside of that it's like uh oh uh oh people get scared and we have ways of playing with that also i've developed fear melters that i can share with people about how to let yourself move from fear to flow so when you are expanding your nervous system then life becomes an adventure where you're discovering and you might have challenges but you can participate with those you can learn from those it's not something that you need to wait to kind of get better before you can enjoy your life and have a, a full sense of connection to you and others starting right now Mm. I say that's the big thing that, uh, that I notice in practicing is that when people come for coaching, I mean, it's still in many places there's a stigma. Coaching is pretty close to therapy, which is pretty close to a stigma that, you know, there's something wrong with me and so mm. I'm not going to reach out for help. But when people have a, a sense that, oh, I can feel more in touch with myself right now today, and I can build on that. It gives them a confidence that it's not that there's something wrong with them. It's that they're getting more and more connected with what we call essence, who they really are. Mm. And they're letting their essence shine through more rather than being underneath personas that we've all learned, you know, to get along in society. You get, you throw off more of the personas and you show up more and more authentically as as who you are. And that's where, you know, just very, very fun, unexpected, you know, magical. I, I mean, I've, I've had just amazing things happen. Everything from meeting people, uh, you know, meeting a friend on the street in the middle of Paris among 3 million people roaming around to um, having a plane that was supposed to turn back because of snowstorms land in my city rather than the city that it was supposed to go to, you know, just all kinds of magical stuff uh, can occur when you open up to really being in the flow of life. Mm. Mm. That's why we call our book at the speed of life. Mm. Well, I mean, um, I think that's one of my criticisms of the, of the uh, therapeutic paradigm as, as so many beautiful things it's brought to the world and nuances and distinctions, but this sense that I'm there's something wrong with me. There's a kind of scarcity um, that when I fix myself or get some quality that that's some in some imagined future, you know. And uh, but we don't know really where that is. And when I get that, I'll be okay. But yeah, actually, like what you're talking about is no, like it's a it's a it's kind of a more of an in, feels more inside out in some way. It's like no, right now we can begin to access something in this moment. That, that takes us closer to who we really are. Yes. You know, and it just feels like a different paradigm. It, it is, in fact, a different paradigm. So the, the old paradigm, I think, is built a lot on, uh, on, the, on the drama triangle. Mm. Of, um, I'm still, I fell off my bike 
as I was sharing, sharing with you. And the last thing is coming back is sort of being able to catch references, you know, that I used to be able to just bring forward. But the, the drama triangle, what we call the victim, villain, and hero, is, is endemic to therapy and to most coaching models. So we're really looking for what's wrong. And, the, and so that puts the client in the victim role. So then my role would either be the villain, like, you know, come on, you know, if you just buckle down, you could do it, or the helper, the hero of here, do this and you'll feel much better. But what that does is put evolution outside of my own control as the Mm -hmm. client. And the paradigm that I've been developing over the last few years, I call it presence, connect, play. Mm -hmm. So you actually can presence that is what's actually going on right now and that I'm relating to that, I'm opening to it, I'm feeling it, I'm seeing what wants to happen. And then in I connect, and if I'm the client, the coach connects with me, which then starts to activate my connecting more deeply with me. And out of connection, that deep connection, we're looking at, okay, what wants to happen? What's emerging? What wants to be explored? How do we want to collaborate? But also play. That, mm-hmm. that the, I think the highest form of intelligence is play. I think Einstein said something like that. <laughs> I'm probably paraphrasing Einstein. That if I'm completely available, what I'm going to want to do is play. Mm-hmm. You know, and a very long time ago, Heraclitus, his 53rd fragment, is the universe is like a child at play with colored balls. Mm -hmm. You know, so, you know, we think of, you know, what's the point? You know, if I get to my, what I call the myth of arrival, if I get all better, I figure out what's wrong and I get all better, then what? So we're really looking at the then what, which is, what is it to live a life that's free of fear where I'm engaging from my own passion, what I love to do, and I'm connecting with others who resonate with me, and we're co-creating. Not only co-creating for us, but co-creating for larger solutions, larger possibilities for community, for, you know, I'm thinking globally these days. So, uh, you know, the, the helper, the hero, will never change anything ultimately. And I think that that's the big issue for coaches is that we get caught in the hero trap. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and if I'm the hero, then that only leaves two other options, mm-hmm. the victim or the villain. Mm-hmm. So that paradigm, uh, I think, is slowly grinding to a halt. <laughs> and uh, the paradigm of simply presencing connecting and then playing presence connect play repeat um i've been living pretty consistently the last year in that paradigm so and lots of my students so i know it's real i know it's possible and it's really a whole lot more fun than uh you know digging yourself out of the triangle over and over again mm, yeah i'm just writing words down that, that i want to come back to um i i you know for me even that's a big thing I've been through where I was like, oh, this idea of being a transformational presence. But then like what part of me wants to be a transformational presence? You know, I want to be a powerful coach. I want to be a good coach. If you're not careful, that's the hero kind of energy. You're serving yep. that kind of move, you know? And, and, and so um, there's an undoing in a way uh, or, a, or a coming to terms with my need to, to get approval or to be, to be powerful in order to, to be okay. Yes. Um, And there's been an undoing of that. And I've, I've seen, I mean, what you're talking about really touches me because I've seen this amongst a lot of my friends and and colleagues, this, um, this sense of, of this we space or this collaborative kind of connection coming through like that, that it's like, it's not about the, the, the hero anymore. Like I'm, I'm this amazing thing, but it's about like through us coming together, something yes. will emerge and that by letting go of an, the need to, to get to an outcome or like that, 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 that space really opens up, you know, and people it start really does. 
they never said or, or these ideas emerge or creativity comes through. Um, you know, what you were just saying, <clears throat> Joel, um, reminds me of something else really valuable about presence is that presence is fulfilling. Presence is nourishing. That, um, you know, often if I'm coming from hero as the coach, I'm, I'm looking for how good you're doing to get satisfaction. So if I do well with you, it means I'm a good person. But it's a very indirect way of getting nourishment. It's sort of like getting it through a straw, you know, <laughs> a little bit. But presence, if I'm uh, – presence is a nourishment because people require presence, require attention as much as food and water. Mm. So if we don't get it, uh, you know, like for being our most affable selves, we're going to get it any way we can. So a lot of us have learned to kind of be desperate about attention because we've just never gotten enough. Mm. You know, coming from a family that was very, very critical, mother was very competitive, father was the most introverted person on the planet, I swear, <laughs> just not there. So I basically just didn't have any attention, you know, as a, as a child. So I went into books. I got my attention from all of the different characters and mythology and, you know, being in all of these stories, which are all stories of transformation. So I started getting my training very, very early on. But if you are able, as a, as a coach, first for yourself to really love yourself, to be in the same space with yourself as you are, and then to give your attention to your client with a welcoming, like a I'm here with you with no agenda, which is, you know, pretty zenish. It's pretty difficult to do. But if I haven't gotten to that place, the, the attitude that I find most useful is curiosity. Because I can move into curiosity, no matter what I've brought with me into the session, I can shift over into a, hmm, 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 what's, what's going on with you? How are you? How am I? That hmm space really opens up uh, the flow of presence. Mm, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I totally agree. Like, I, um, um, what, 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 I've got a question, like, how, because... This this comes up for me, you know, like um, I, I love this approach you're talking about. And then we have, you know, coaching clients that come in and they want to they, they want to get somewhere, you know, like they they've got they've got something they want to work on. Maybe they sure. want to, you know, and so, um, you know, we, in a way we do have to combine that, you know. Um, so what how do you Absolutely. see that playing out over time? Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. So I'm not saying throw the structure out and then let's just sit in the sandbox and play that um, very often when, when people have a goal, we can play with what's going on in their body as they talk about their goal because that will tell us how they're getting in their own way. Mm. You know, so if they have a goal and they haven't gotten there yet, what are they doing to keep themselves from getting there or realizing? And it could be anything from, wait a minute, that wasn't my goal that was my parents' goal for me. Or, um, you know, I get things started really well, and then I sort of peter out. So it, can, it could be uh, a whole range of things about the way, the how, not the why. Mm. The why is what usually people get involved in. You know, the why did that happen? And, you know, and then blaming and who, then the history all of which I think um, is pretty useless to create any kind of transformation. But the how, very interesting. So one of the things that I have, uh, that I specialize is turning concepts into processes. And um, I can teach coaches how to do that. So for example, I've, I've changed, I've turned commitment into a whole process where people can embody the power of commitment. So that it's not just a concept. It's really a, when I'm committing, I'm going, I'm getting myself fully in and I'm moving from where I am to where I want to go. So it's the, the basic process for, for achieving a goal is committing. 
to it. But how do you do that? So uh, from a body perspective, what you would do is first learn how to gather yourself and then choose where do you want to go and then start moving in that literally in that direction. And then something will happen. You'll get distracted or you'll have a critical thought. And then I teach people to recommit. Because committing gets you into the game, but recommitting gets you to where you want to go. So that's just a small example of that everything in your life can be, you can bodify it. It's my favorite term for embodying it. You bodify it. Like Mm -hmm. even, you know, I feel upset. Okay, well, bodify that right now. Mm -hmm. And I don't even have to give any people more instructions than that. Just bodify it. Okay, how are you experiencing in that in your body? And then I have them do it a little bit more. And then, boom, in like 30 seconds, they go, oh, they get it. What, mm. you know, like, oh, I feel sad. Or, oh, I just, I give my, I put so much on my plate that everything spills off. Or, you know, they get it. And we don't have to go through the whole step by step. It's not linear. You can make quantum leaps when you invite your body into the play. Mm. Well, I mean, I, I, I totally agree, and um, um, I mean, I've talked to you about this topic, this this um, bodifying before, and um, I agree. Like that, that um, there's so many ideas about how to grow and concepts, but if it doesn't become something embodied, or it isn't something that we can, in that moment, kind of access yes. in a way that creates new action or new potential, then it's just you know. I think that's why so many people get frustrated. Yes. They, they don't have that capacity, you know. Um, yeah, so it's one thing to have, uh, uh, I think that, in, that one of the most important parts of what we can do with clients is to help generate practices mm. with them. Since even recommitting, like some of my habits, I had a habit of concealing rather than revealing. And that got really rewarded when I was growing up. And so I was a, an observer but I wouldn't say what I was seeing because it would get me into a lot of trouble. <laughs> so uh, learning how to reveal, just share myself authentically rather than conceal, took, oh, hundreds of recommitments. I mean hundreds. So rather than, I think what we add in is I make a commitment and then I drift from the commitment and then I beat myself up. Mm. So I, you know, I criticize myself or I feel bad and then maybe I recommit, but I may just stay over there and I never move forward again. So the, the, the really radical move is that when you drift is to recommit and then take an action. So for me in that case, it would be right in that moment to say something that was true, to say something that was real, like, oh, I feel really surprised that I don't have to beat myself up. I, I'm just kind of stunned into silence. Mm. That was what's really happening for me. And then that moves me back into being in alignment with my choices. Mm. And I think that's what we grow over a period of time. It's that inside out that you were mentioning earlier, that we learn how to source ourselves Rather than, and rather than being in what I call an exogenous world, mm. which is caused from without. Mm. And that's what the culture wants from us because that keeps us anxious and that keeps us buying things. Mm. <laughs> so in our culture, that, that's really encouraged so that you always feel like you're not quite right. Mm. But if you get this or you buy this or you do this program, you're going to get better. Mm. rather than endogenous, which is caused from within, endogenous would be, what do I really want? What do I really want? Who am I? Who am I right now? So it's just, you know, it's a very, very different journey. I even have a, I've uh, recently developed a, a process that's called um, uh, the uh, discovering from within scale we've had a we have an external scale like your openness to feedback but this is your openness to your inner discovery and so we've developed steps that are very reliable to assist you to discover yourself 
yeah. in a in a curious way, not in a punitive way, mm. but really in a you know who am I and what do I want and what do I enjoy and like for example, knowing the signals whether something is yes or no for you seems mm. very basic, but most of the adults I've met couldn't tell me how they know that something is a yes or a no for them. Mm. And presumably, yeah, presumably that, yeah, well, I guess the yes shows up in all kinds of ways than the no, but I just think of a yes being more of an openness or a, or a vibrancy or an inner sense of alignment, um, you know. Um, you're do- yes, you're doing something yeah. with your hands that people yeah. do when they're tuning in to their yes. It's usually a fountaining. Right. It's kind of yeah. a, a, a upward fountaining blossoming, but not for everybody. So, yeah, yeah, and and no could be like some people feel it in their solar plexus, some people feel it in their jaw, uh, some people feel it, uh, you know, back behind on their on their shoulders. So, it could be, um, but once people get that, they have a reliable touchstone like, oh, oh, my body is saying no, and a really good place to play with that is with food like when you're going out yeah. to eat and with, and with clothes, mm. like what do you want to wear today? Mm. So I, I have people use their uh, exercise, practice their yes and no with simple things before they do something like, do I want to stay in this marriage? Right. No, that would be like an advanced yes or no. Well, um, I, I, the, 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 we're, we're coming towards the end of our time and if you, but I want to, um, I, connect this in i think you was used the words endogenous what was what was that word again? endogenous yes caused endogenous. from within so so um because i think we're talking about something really beautiful here you know like this 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 endogenous capacity this ability to connect what wants to emerge through us you know as a response to life you know maybe we're a conduit in some way we're opening up we're learning to to drop those personas and those masks and 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 our essence can shine through and i wish i'd love for you to just say a few things about that and this and creativity you know i know that's something Uh that you speak about you know because i think many of the people we're coaching you know maybe they won't say creativity but whether they're an executive um, a ceo uh, an entrepreneur they're wanting to create they're wanting to impact so uh, yeah maybe you could speak about that well i'm i think we're all creative And in fact, we are always creating, but most of our creativity is unconscious. We haven't really claimed it. And the, when I am giving myself, richly giving myself attention, and then I'm curious about particularly what do I want? I think it's a very important question. What do I want? And in any area, and then notice what happens in your body that you're just, in addition to yes and no, wanting is a practice that most people haven't had much time to develop. You know, Mm. so people will say, no, you don't want that. I've heard that so many times around kids, you know, like, no, you don't want that new whatever it is, or uh, they'll be out to dinner. No, you don't want, you don't want the steak. You want the chicken, right? And, you know, you know, it makes kids crazy because the, the what do I want really then uh, leads you to creating. So I want to climb a tree. So I'm going to look for a tree and I'm going to go climb that. I want to play with somebody. So I'm going to look for playmates and then start the, you know, playing with somebody else who also wants to play. And then that mutual wanting starts Mm -hmm. to dance with each other. I think that as I'm tuning into what I call authentic impulse. And um, there's a rich history of this in in my background in the dance therapy world of uh, authentic impulse. It's a body sensation of emergence. Mm. And even if it's been squashed in your life, you can find it again. You can find the rhythms of, of your own emergence. And in that you know, you move from the the either or, the dichotomies, the polarities, into pure creativity. Mm. So now in, in our lives, in game, my lives, we're living in ways of creativity. 
we haven't, you know, we haven't had any critical word in our house in 20 years. Mm. So when you're not criticizing yourself or others, you have a lot of free time. (laughs) Really, (laughs) people are so occupied. And that um, I think not only creativity, but co-creativity is the frontier. Mm. That our joining together, because all, almost all of our creativity has been framed as oppositional. I have to do it by myself. Um, I can't be in a relationship and be creative. I have to give up something. Um, you know, I have to get my work done before I can be creative. We have all of these rules about creativity that are just nonsense because basically that's what we're doing all the time is creating. And it's really how are you creating? And what are you creating and are you creating consciously? So uh, what I've seen over and over again is that when people release a persona, what comes up is this just magnificent authenticity and their authentic expression. And that's one of the most beautiful, inspiring things in the world. When someone just expresses themselves, that has so much juice in it. And it it inspires people around them and inspires them to feed their creativity more. And it's really, I think at the heart of it is that you're doing what you love to do. Mm. You're doing what you love to do such that when you're engaged in it, time just disappears. Mm. And what we say to people is that you you can cultivate your creativity 10 minutes a time. 10 minutes a day, just doing something you love to do. So for me, that would be opening a journal and just letting myself move. Just letting myself move the way I want to move, you know, that authentic movement uh, has created whole trainings, whole seminars, whole books, just from that creative practice. So whether it's you're doodling or you're creating a new soup or uh, your uh, singing or your, you know, making lines on paper. If that's what, whatever you love to do, you give that to yourself for 10 minutes a day, you'll grow your creativity. Mm, nice. Nice. Well, I feel that, that kind of, um, if we can hone that capacity, you know, to follow that impulse. And it's funny, I was, I was talking to a spiritual teacher the other day who, who used exactly that phrase in terms of waking up, you know, it was like we wake up beyond, are, are um, you know, this, this image we have of who we are, which is false, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, a lot of people have this idea that, that then, you know, we become very neutral or there's just like a, a blankness or something, you know, if the ego... Just right, right. Actually, what, <laughs> right. what comes through is this authentic impulse to go out yes. and in the world. It's freed, you know? And, yes. Um, and it's also funny. I don't know if you've noticed this, but I, I see, I'll never trust a spiritual teacher who's not just outrageously funny. Right. Because at a certain level, you realize we're so funny. What we make up and what, you know, what we're generating, it's hilarious. And when people get that it's funny, that's re- there's really freedom in that. So how I know somebody who's really stuck you know, in a persona is they'll say, that's not funny. You know, and I know that that means they're really stuck. But the moment I really get how funny it is, that is so incredibly liberating. And it really feeds creativity. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I can feel that here right now, you know. It's been a really delicious conversation. Oh, great. uh, Yeah, you know, that sense of how... If we, if we bring ourselves to what we love, and I love doing this, I love speaking with people uh, like yourself. Clearly you do. It's very... Yeah. <laughs> well, but you can feel that that emergence happening, you know? It's like, uh, you know, even if somebody's alone, it's like the one thing emerges out of another and you never know where it's going to take you. And that's happened in this conversation too. You know, right. we get to sit down and plan this and, and here we are. And exactly. That's really so alive. to me, that's such the big fun is that... We're discovering. Mm. And you can live in waves of discovery. And then from your discovery, you take new actions. You make new choices. And the other thing I wanted to just say as we're ending here is that we found that transformation happens one choice at a time. Mm. Just one choice at a time. And so if I make one new choice, that sets things in motion in a new direction. It's not like I need to solve the whole thing 
I just make one new choice and that begins to change the whole system. Mm. Like one, one, yeah, because it's not this big pressure, is it, all of a sudden? It's just right. the next choice and the next right. choice. Yeah, so the, the new choice would be, oh, whenever I notice I'm hunched, oh, I'm just going to take a, f- a few breaths. <sighs> and that's a new choice. Well, um, yeah, I mean, I'm full of uh, gratitude, Katie. Um, I've really loved our conversation today. I want to I wanna thank you for, for sharing yourself ge- so generously. My pleasure. My pleasure. I can see that you're full of gratitude. I think that's how you go through life, is full of gratitude. As much as I can, yeah. <laughs> well, yes, time, as much yeah. as we can. <laughs> no, no, totally. Yeah. But I, uh, I think um, that curiosity, and yeah, yeah, it's definitely a big part of who I am. So, yeah. Thanks for sharing that. My pleasure. Hi, it's me again. And I want to take a minute to tell you about our new online training program for coaches. It's called Coaching from Source, How to Be a Transformational Presence. Begins on October the 11th and and runs till December the 15th. And it's all about how do you move beyond your tools and training even your coaching persona that wants to get somewhere and open into this this space of source where magic can happen, and um, you're going to Katie's on the on the faculty, so she's going to be teaching, but she's joined by some amazing coaches too: um, Karen Kimsey House, Jim Dethmer, Richard Strozzi Heckler, Michael Neal, John Prendergast. They've been they've been coaching for decades and decades between them. Um, so what do you get in the program? Well, it's going to be live uh, video classes where you can join and interact with the teachers. Uh, there's going to be live coaching demos. There's going to be uh, everything's recorded so you can watch it back afterwards. And it's all put into this beautiful online course environment along with transcripts of the sessions. Um, you're going to be put into practice groups with coaches from all around the world uh, to be able to practice this shift, this powerful shift in your coaching. So if you want to know more, you can head uh, to coachesrising.com forward slash coaching from source. Coachesrising.com forward slash coaching from source and enrollment is open now.